This episode of A Little Juju Podcast is sponsored by Wakanda Dream Lab. What if a new story of gender prevailed and the pain of ancestors lost to gender-based violence was healed? This anthology's got the answers. This summer, Wakanda Dream Lab teamed up with Resonance Network and invited Afro-Diasporic and Indigenous creative writers, artists, and freedom fighters to dream up a world that is free of gender-based violence with Wakanda as the framework. So check out our Black Freedom Beyond Borders Reimagining Gender in Wakanda anthology. It's packed with original post-liberation Afrofuturism short stories, poems, songs, and art pieces. The anthology is available for free digital download by visiting the Wakanda Dream Lab or Resonance Network website. You can also find them on Instagram at Wakanda Dream Lab and at Feel Resonance, F-E-E-L Resonance. I will have all of this information in the show notes for y'all to check out. Now let's get into the show. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is, all you need. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju, a little juju, a little juju. A little juju is the way. It's how I start my day. Can't firm no say. And I'll never get played. I'll take your photo to the grave. But that ain't even my thing. I just stay at the crossroads, pray. I just pour a little honey from my face to make them stay. Cause I hate when Bailey. But I manifest a little with my Baileys I'm my ancestors, baby So I give them everything that they gave me Welcome to A Little Juju Podcast. This is the podcast all about black ass spirituality, honoring the ancestors, honoring ourselves, and using this as a tool to freedom, to liberation, to self-healing, to healing our communities. And I'm coming to you as Juju Bay, <laughs> Juju. I am a hoodoo practitioner. I am an Orisha devotee. I am a student of religion, and I'm a medium, I'm a reader, diviner, ancestral healer, all the things, and yeah, I host this podcast, so if this is your first time tuning in, thank you for coming. If you would like to keep up with the show, if you want to talk about what you're listening to, you can hashtag ALJPod or a little juju podcast on Twitter or Instagram so you can see who else is listening, you know, maybe meet some community, all about community. Uh, so... I don't know if y'all can hear. It's some planes flying around outside. I'm in bed fully. So if y'all hear sheets start to move and <laughs> me and pillows, like I'm nestled right now. Like I'm laying down a hundred percent mouth at the mic while I'm laying down. So that's the energy of right now. I, I had such a long weekend. So I'm like so tired and it was a wonderful weekend, a wonderful weekend, just full of excitement. I feel like the spirits came through and just kind of blessed me this weekend because it was the one year anniversary of of the show. And I know I just put out an episode or I just, yeah, last Wednesday, the live show, and then I put it um, on the podcast platform for audio so y'all can listen. And now we have another episode this Wednesday. So I've just been like moving a lot and doing a lot of work but it feels good and 
I went out and took myself to this little, like, this kind of fancy little restaurant. I wouldn't say it's fancy, but it's a bit pricey. It's pricey. People who go to this place particularly usually have money. It's in Baltimore. Um, the Pendry, if you don't know. So I love the Pendry, though. Like, it's cute. I love the vibe. I love ambiance. It's just what it is. So I was like, you know, I'm going to go. Well, no, I was going to go to a different place. I was going to go to this black-owned spot, which I'm still going to go to, called Ida B's in Baltimore. I was going to take myself out there to, like, celebrate the one-year anniversary, whatever. And I ended up, as I'm leaving, my spirits, well, my intuition was like, I don't think I should go to Ida's today. Like, I don't think I should go there. I feel like I need to go to the Pendry. Um, and so I pulled out my divination just to be sure, like, am I not going to Ida B's today? Because I know I'm supposed to go out. And spirits, they were like, no, go to the Pendry. You're going to meet uh, somebody there. And I was like, oh, I'm thinking it's going to be a sugar daddy because I don't want to pay for my food. <laughs> so anyway, I took my behind to the Pendry. I said I ordered me some expensive stuff. And I was like, well, I mean, I, I had no intention on anyone paying for it you know but me because I was taking myself out but I did know that I was going to meet somebody so I ate my food different people are coming to sit at the bar I'm saying hi to them but none of them I felt like were the person that I was supposed to meet so anyway I decided to sit at the bar and write in my journal you know I look cute and everything yo the planes I'm sorry y'all I've been (laughs) I've been sitting here you know, just preparing to record. I finally get myself together. I'm ready. And it's like every noise that the universe is able to make, every noise that the neighborhood is able to make is making it. <laughs> like right now. It was not loud, but right now. This is the Mercury retrograde shit. As a side note, I have just been moving with so much like random like fuckery that's been popping up. And I'm finding that the more I just say, you know what, fuck it, the better Mercury retrograde is. Like, things will happen, things will get tried, and you know what? If it's not in your control, you just gotta say fuck it. <laughs> Definitely easier said than done, but, like, I'm actively practicing this as a way to get through. And I will say it is working. It's working. Like, some little things keep coming up, things messing up. I'm going the wrong way on the interstate. I'm turn down the wrong thing and and I'm just like you know what that done just added 10 minutes to my trip but what can I do I could be upset stressed out but I could just say fuck it these planes flying around I, they just gonna be flying and you just gonna hear it <laughs> won't be the first time y'all done heard stuff in the background of this but I'm just like I just needed to say that just fuck it that's the energy that's the mood so anyway back to my celebration so I wrote down some affirmations for 2020 while I was at the bar you know while celebrating myself and then of course a wonderful woman sits down and she looks at my shoes she goes oh I love your shoes and I was like this is her so we ended up talking and she was really cool and she was meeting up with this guy he came and I was basically just I hung out with all of them and you know the guy took care of us you know didn't pay for drinks and it was they were like really good company and um I'm really glad that I connected with her especially particularly but him because he was nice and yeah so I've really been trying to lean into this energy of like putting myself in the places that I want to be and not worrying 
or not moving from a place of lack just in every area of my life like okay I'm gonna go to this restaurant it's a bit expensive but that's what I want to eat today and I have it at this moment to get it so I will and I'm going to just enjoy it like I'm just gonna enjoy the moment I'm gonna enjoy my food I'm gonna be excited I'm gonna order as many drinks as I want and you know you don't do this in a way of where it's like you're not you're being careless but you are setting a particular standard for yourself and not moving from a place of like oh this is gonna be so much oh it's gonna be stressful oh I hope this happens when I'm there I hope that happens when I'm there I hope it's like okay you can set an intention and once you set the intention you just have to do and I think that's a big part of hoodoo is a big part of a lot of just spiritual traditions and manifesting is like you the belief has to be there like you you set the intention you do your working you say your prayer and then you just do and that's that's all you can do trying to control too much of it or even not believing that it's possible for you is really a big part of what often holds us back from accomplishing um, our dreams or getting what we want out of life And I've really been pushing myself to not move from that place because historically and traditionally, I do move from a place of lack. I do, I can be worried so much about, you know, I said this, but I'm not getting it quick enough. I'm not doing this. And, you know, you tense up. That blocks, you know, that kind of blocks the energy. So, of course, you work. Of course, you go after what you need. You know, of course, you consistently pray. But just do and trust that you'll be taken care of in the ways that you that you need to be and I was taking care of how I needed to be that day and I was very grateful um it's funny too because I I got a reading an Ifa reading from my godfather who was in the Ifa's healing episode I'll put it in the show notes if you have not heard that episode so I got a reading from him my regular you know monthly reading and everything was cool and one of the things that came up uh from my ancestors from Egun was I need to enjoy life more like I need to have childlike fun and I was so surprised to hear that actually because I think I I always think that I am somebody who like tries to have fun and enjoy life and take life as for what it is and be present but after I was after I heard that, I was like, what? Like, what do they want me to do? Like, oh, they want me to spend more money? That, you know? And it was like, no, bitch, you just be anxious as hell and you worry about everything. <laughs> and you try to have too much control and you don't allow things to just flow sometimes. And I don't. I don't allow things to just be sometimes. I just want to be sometimes too involved and not let spirit fully work. And so that's how I interpreted that. Like, just go enjoy. Just do things that you want to do. Like, stop worrying so much. I think that we all worry a lot. And it's okay to worry about some things, some things that are supposed to be worried about. But when you worry too much, kind of like what I was saying earlier, you kind of block the the blessing. You can kind of block the energy flow for the goodness and what you want to actually happen. And I think that's that's what if I was trying to tell me in that moment, like, just do like do the things that you want. Feel good. Enjoy. Don't overthink situations. Don't overthink everything. Like you think enough. You think enough. Like balance and harmony 
and finding harmony. So that night I went on a date and like, you know, I, I feel like leaning more into dating and stuff and whatever, because I, I at one point was going to delete all my dating apps and I was like, F all this. I don't like anybody. I don't, I'm sick of all these people. There's no one out there for me anyway. You know, just doing that whole thing. I'm like, no. Enjoy life. Eva is even saying enjoy myself because I be doing too much. And so I went on a date with this guy and, you know, I don't think he, my next husband, but he was nice. Like we had a good time. He's from Cameroon. He, we talked a lot about juju. We talked a lot about spirituality, African spirituality, West African, specifically spirituality. He told me a lot about his nation of people, his, you know, tribe. He told me different um stories that he's heard around juju and and me also talking to him about how a lot of black americans are returning to these uh west african traditions not just west african but just african spiritual traditions and he was very surprised by that he was like i didn't even know that people were doing juju in the states i didn't know people had shrines like that i didn't know people were you know feeding their shrines and giving offerings and I'm like yeah babe it's a real thing it's real he was like wait you're real you're real like because I was telling him about what I did he was like oh so you're legit he was like you're telling me all the things that we do you know in Cameroon and in Africa I was like yep (laughs) because we spirit didn't stop talking you know to any of us of the diaspora just because we're not on you know, in Africa or that land. And so we had really, really good conversation. Um, and so I, I, that was a moment where I just kind of allowed myself to have fun and wasn't judgmental and wasn't, you know, I don't want to go on a date. I don't want to talk to him. I don't want you know, cause we were trying to link up for a long time too. So I was like, this is probably a sign. I shouldn't even see him, but not a good time. And he actually told me this very interesting story. Like we talked, you know, like I said a lot about Juju, but he was like uplifting this uh, this fact that he feels like a lot of people only refer to um, Haiti as a place of having spiritual power and using spiritual power as a form of resistance, as a way to uh, engage in war, to fight, to protect, um, to fight oppression. And he's like, they do that still, you know, all over the continent. And every, I'm like, they do that everywhere. You know, black people everywhere are using spirit as a way to, as a protective measure and to fight oppression in these harmful systems and colonialism. Like it's happening, you know, in the States. And I talked about hoodoo and it was so good. But he started telling me this story about um, in Cameroon around this place called Douala, I think. He says he thinks it was around Douala. And I don't remember when this was, but this was when the Germans were trying to colonize a particular space in in Cameroon. And it was Douala, or he said they were the Bakweri people. Bakweri, if anyone knows who might be listening, who is a scholar or just knows or is, Cameroon, is from Cameroon, let me know. <laughs> I'm sure I'm butchering it. I'm so sorry. But... When the Germans came, the they went to the priest, of course, because the first place that you go before war traditionally is to the priest, you know, is to the juju person. And they did whatever rituals and sacrifices. 
and they were instructed to grab leaves from branch branches from a tree and use that to defeat the German people. And will you believe they did when the he was calling he was referring to the leaves and the branches as brooms. So he was like they would take the broom and hit, you know, the army of Germans coming. And when they hit them, it was cutting their skin as if they were being stabbed with knives. It was burning their skin. Um, and it was just a, a stick with leaves, but it was a ritual stick and leaves. It was spirit in that stick and leaves. So it might look just like a branch, but when it hits you, it's going to feel like a sword because it is a sword <laughs> because spirit said it was. And spirit instructed um, those folks to use that in order to defeat the Germans. And so I was like, wow. He was like, yeah, so this is, you know, it's not, it's not just about Haiti. People are doing this everywhere. And I'm like, no, I know. Trust me. <laughs> I am aware. But I thought that story was so just amazing. And I want to, at one point I was doing a lot of research around, oh my God, I'm going on such a tangent. I've researched around different ways that people have incorporated spirit to fight and resist. And I think I've talked about this in previous episodes, but it really is like, I don't even want to use the word fascinating because I like feel like it takes me out of being a part of that narrative or that these weren't my ancestors, but it's just like something that I just didn't have the privilege of being able to know. And it's something that I want to talk about a lot more because we also did it, you know, stone on rebellion in the U S like we've, we use spirit here to, to fight and so, yeah, I mean, again, I opened myself up to that opportunity and it was good. And I learned a lot from him. And I'll probably go out with him again. He was cool. Uh, and then last night, Spirit told me to go to D.C., Washington, D.C. And I'm not far. It's like a 45 to an hour minute drive. And I'm like, my my friend invited me to a party she was hosting. I'm like, okay, I'm going to the party to see my homegirl cool and my answer was like no you're gonna go and meet someone you have to go and meet somebody so I'm like oh okay cool so I'm like I'm gonna meet her my friend Jordan <laughs> but I'm thinking like oh I'm gonna go probably network because she knows a lot of people I'm like okay I'm gonna go talk about my work and be helpful in that way to somebody child I went my friend Glow and Kayala and they have a baby that they um, are fostering right now at named Zora, who I love. And I have such a strong bond with all of them. Like, they are my... They live in North Carolina, though. So, like, I see Zora all the time on FaceTime, but I've never actually been able to meet Zora in person yet. So, why? And also, the funny thing is that my friend who I was who hosted the party, Jordan, it was at a hotel. It was a hotel party on this rooftop. So why in the elevator, my friend Glow, who I was going to see, uh, well, my friend Glow sees Jordan, my other friend. These people don't know each other, mind you. Very different parts of my life, by the way. Glow sees Jordan is like, oh my God, you're Jordan. And Glow, my friend, knows Jordan because I send, at one point, I was always sending memes from my friend Jordan because my Jordan, my friend Jordan's story is like hilarious. It's like a whole thing. Like it's it's a comedy it's comedy so I was always sending Jordan stories to glow and we would just kiki and laugh or whatever so Jordan glow knows who Jordan is just from me sending these memes and Jordan stories on Instagram 
So Glow sees Jordan in the elevator, like, oh my God, you're Jordan. Jordan's like, uh, yeah. Like, oh my, we, yo, your stories be funny as hell. Like, I'm Sam's friend. Like, I'm Juju's friend. I'm Sam. Um, actually, Glow calls me Juju. So Jordan's like, yo, she's literally parking right now to come to the rooftop party that I'm DJing upstairs and anyway they're staying at the same hotel so I was supposed to go so I could see Glow and so I could meet Zora and so I could see Kay like my friends like these people they I didn't even know that they were in DC like Glow had just come to do some you know be on a panel and they happened to be staying at the same hotel that my friend Jordan who I also hadn't seen in so long is DJing on the top floor of they met on the a floor that Jordan wasn't staying on randomly. You know, it's just like the, it was just me being open to possibilities. And I was, it was amazing. And then I ended up getting super lit <laughs> at this party. And of course I was able to stay in the hotel with my friends because my friends are living there. So we just had a sleepover and I got to hang out with a lovely baby, like who, who feels like my, my niece. So it was just, this weekend has just been so amazing and I really want to encourage y'all to like, you know, allow yourself some childlike fun, allow yourself some opportunities. Like, yes, we have to think about, oh, I didn't feel like driving to DC. I really didn't. Um, it was late and I was like, oh, I don't know. I got to do that drive. But I'm like, no, the spirit is telling me to go. So I should just go and not worry about all the extra stuff. Everything else is going to fit. I'm like, oh, I won't be able to find parking. It's DC. It's never parking. I parked right around the corner from where I was going. So I'm really in this process of like changing my mindset and changing my energy to be able to allow more things to flow. And that's why I'm so excited about today's interview with Ash, who you know, I'll introduce her later, but we're talking a lot about that flow. We're talking a lot about energy. We're talking a lot about having to change the ways that we're operating to be able to, to make sure that we're not blocking the goodness, that the juiciness, the wealth, the abundance that's around us is around all of us. And there's blockages that come from so many different places. But what I'm concerned with today and right now is that the blockage that could be us, the blockage that is you. Like the thing that we actually can control, the other shit, we can do our work, the other shit, we might have to say fuck it, but sometimes the blockage is you. And I want to make sure that none of us are being our own blockage because I have been and I'm working on that and it's been successful so far. So I like to tell y'all the things that work because I believe in what works and it's been working. So try it out. Just say, fuck it. If it ain't in your control, if it is in your control, what do you have to do? What can you do about it? The rest, let it be up to, leave it up to spirit to handle. Do your work, but don't be your own blockage. Don't let the fears stop you from going out on the date that you got to drive to. You don't want to do that and you don't really end up liking nobody anyway, you know, because then you don't create the opportunity for goodness to happen from that. Fuck shit always going to happen, you know, fuck shit always going to happen. But so is good shit. That's always going to happen too. So don't run your life by the fuck shit. You know, don't let that be your North Star. Of, don't let the North Star be fuck shit. You know, just recognize that it's, it's finding the harmony between the two. That's been so helpful to me. So I just wanted to share that. I know I've been rambling. Um, I want to talk a little bit and transition into donations. And then we're going to get into this really, really juicy episode. 
and we're gonna get our coins together and our pockets right and our energy right with Ash. But let's let's talk about donations. All you need is a little juju. Alrighty, so let's get into donations. So I talk about donations every episode of the show donations help to uh keep the lights on in the podcast they help to support this work support the production of the show um, editors and also just like podcasting is not free it's labor and so your donations are, are ways to help support this work there's monetary and non-monetary ways to support the first way that I'll talk about is monetary. So I have a platform set up called Patreon and on Patreon it's set up to where you can donate a monthly a reoccurring donation each month. So I ask for three dollars a month. That is thirty-six dollars a year to go towards the show and different costs that come with that and just the labor of the show. I also I'm I've created a tiered program now, so you can donate $3 a month. You'll get little things with that. I also have a $10 a month a donation and you will get more. You will get some. Well, I'll talk a little bit about the offering that I have a little bit later um, with Ash uh, for the $10 a month patient patron, but for those who can afford that. And then I also think I need to create one in the middle. So maybe like a $5 a month and that'll come with perks. So each tier comes with different a different level of perks. So that is Patreon, but you can also donate lower than that. You can donate as low as $1 a month, all the way up to a bajillion dollars a month is what you feel and can do and would like to do. You can also just shoot me a little coin on the cash app, dollar sign, I-T-S-J-U-J-U-B-A-E, it's Jujubay, or PayPal donation at the Jujubay at gmail.com. That is the email that you would use for PayPal. And then the monetary ways to donate to, the non, I'm sorry, the non-monetary ways to donate to the show are through subscribing to my youtube channel that i have now i'll put that in the show notes subscribing to apple Podcasts or wherever you listen whatever podcast platform say that 10 times fast that you listen on you tell people about the show tell them how it has impacted you writing reviews are super important on apple Podcasts. i love reading the reviews five stars liking on SoundCloud, commenting, posting about the episodes, posting what you've learned, telling people about it. All of that helps to, you know, get the good juju gospel out there and to share the message, share the healing, share share the energy of the ancestors, you know, wanting us to learn together and, and broadens in this community. So it is deeply appreciated all the ways that you all support and donate to the show. Now, I did not have any patrons this week because... Um, I just put out an episode Thursday, so I haven't had any any patrons since I uploaded the one-year anniversary episode, but I do want to shout out Amber because she upped her pledge. She upped her pledge today, actually, so I just want to shout out Amber and say thank you, and I'm sharing the up-in-the-pledge energy of wealth and money with you in abundance and continued abundance. Thank you for sharing that with me, and may you receive it tenfold, Alrighty, and let's get into the show. Ash is here. Hi, Ash. Hi, Juju. So good to be here. I'm so happy that you're here. I'm so happy that Mercury in retrograde is going to allow us to successfully complete this interview by the power of the ancestors. (laughs) It's trying. It is trying us this morning. It's trying, but we're good. I'm so happy to have you. I'm so happy to 
bring you to the juju land and juju world so my listeners get to experience who you are because you have been a blessing to me and your work and for those who don't know y'all don't know but ash is my co i mean she's my friend first of all we've been able to build a friendship since beginning our relationship but i reached out to her to help me with my (laughs) work with my branding with my messaging with you know sort of creating a succinct like what is my message she really helped me kind of put all of that together in a really beautiful way and just helps me think about my own life like she's more than a coach y'all like she's gonna get you together and so I'm we're gonna be able to talk about like exactly what it is that you do but I just had to sing your praises and just say thank you like publicly for all that you have done for me uh professionally and also just as a friend Thank you. Oh, wow. Uh, The feeling is so mutual. Like, really, I'm really grateful to be able to do the work that I do with people that I respect and adore and love and appreciate the work that they do. So it's been nothing but a very mutual blessing. I receive that. And I want you to know I'm beaming it right back at you. Like, you really feel my heart. So thank you. You do. Thank you. Okay. Love fest. Love fest. <laughs> so tell people, who are you? You know, what do you do? Describe a little bit about who you are. Yeah. So I'm, I'm Ash Johns. You know, my real name's Ashley. Shout out to my mom. Cause she'd be like, that's not what I named you, but I go by <laughs> Ash. <laughs> um, I am a ancestral healer. I'm a conscious brand and business coach. I'm a psycho spiritual coach. I'm a Reiki master. I'm a ch- energy channel. I'm a bunch of different things, but Really what it's come out to be is an amalgamation of tools that help us get to the core of who we are, remembering who we are with the blessing and backing of our ancestors so we can step into our purpose. And then using my business skills and my background um, and my, my previous career to help you package and get all that stuff together so we get it out in the world in a way that does not continue to perpetuate capitalistic behavior, in a way that starts to heal all the layers of scarcity and lack and struggle with money and abundance and a way that helps us to facilitate relationship with ourselves and others and community, if I say it shortly. So how did you get to the point where you wanted to merge, you know, sort of your consulting work or your background work? Can you talk a little bit about what your background was? You said kind of what your previous career was. What was that? Yeah. I mean, there's two prongs to the story. There is my spiritual work and how that came to be. And then my actual, I guess, trained in um, traditional or corporate career. And for a while, I would keep them separate. I would, um, (laughs) I completely shut down all my spiritual abilities from like 17 to 22, maybe even a little bit earlier to 17 because it was overwhelming. Um, And I didn't have anybody teaching me how to maintain boundaries um, between spirit and then my world and my my personal physical and spiritual space. So I shut down for a while, but ironically, I was at work. I used to work in advertising. I was in New York City. I was at work and was going through a training, essentially a training that teaches you to manipulate and get into people's minds using psychology and subliminal work and different frequencies and colors and things like that to be more effective in your advertising. And I was in a training for that. And the creative director was this Greek guy named Alexi. And Alexi was teaching about trance, how you can 
basically put trance, like trans frequencies in commercials to have people's energies really open up to the message. And I was blown away. And everyone else, they didn't hear what he was really saying, but I was like, oh shit, I know what the fuck he's saying. That's fucked up, but I'm also intrigued. (laughs) And he saw my response by it and he pulled me aside and he got so close to my face. And I was like, why is this white man all up in my face like this? Like, man, no boundaries. But he looked me dead in my eye to test me, really, and to see where I was, to look into my spirit. And he he did that, and I was uncomfortable. And he stopped. At a moment, well, he didn't stop, but he just kept doing it. And in a moment, he was like, you're ready. You're ready to, to, to change and to know the truth. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about, but I want to know more. So before that, I was secretly studying to reconnect with my spirituality in a meta- metaphysical school. And so I was already practicing with what we would call spell work or intention setting and manipulating and sorcery just on my own. And so my spiritual receptors were open when he started saying, you're ready. And I was like, well, what are you talking about? So he became one of my first teachers in reconnecting my spirituality, but really seeing the overlap of the two within the spiritual world and the physical world and how it can be used um, positively, but most often negatively in in business and branding and marketing and sales. Um, And so, yeah, I'll take a pause there, but that's, that's pretty much how it started happening. Wow. So at this point you sort of were just only doing sort of your corporate work. And then when this guy comes in and he's talking about, yeah, so basically you, (laughs) we can do these things on commercials or whatever to make people more attracted to a product, like doing spiritual work essentially um, to make people attracted to a product and, I can imagine how something in your head was like, like there's something with that's wild. Even though I know it's true and of course it's true, but it's still like to hear it. And also to hear that people, I think in the business world are doing that and thinking about that. It's kind of freaky. (laughs) Yeah. And to be honest with you, I don't think they fully know. They only know it through the context in which they want to know it is. So they think of it as psychology and playing on emotions, but we know emotion is energy. We know that energy is spirit. We know that spirits come in entities or ancestors and other, other way, other, um, uh, energy bodies, mm-hmm, if you will. Mm-hmm. So when he started talking, and then I, then I found out he was actually of Greek descent, and that he he's a mystic, and he studied uh, all types uh, of different spirits, right? And so that's where we started bonding and and learning about um, different realms and trance and tarot. And I had no idea that that's what that was going to be my first step of remembering spirituality within the context of work. But mm. I'll tell you that you know, advertising, messaging, all these courses around um, how to have effective copywriting and how to um, persuade people to buy your whatever, um, positioning yourself. Those are, you're working with energies and you're working with frequencies. And it took me back to really my church days of not realizing this whole time I had been practicing hoodoo or that the black Pentecostal church I grew up in um, was prepping me and and really holding me in the spirituality that is of my ancestors. And that my sensitivity to spirit made me be able to, because of my background, made me be able to pick up and to be curious enough to hear what he was trying to say so that it would lead me on the path that I'm on today. Mm. So how did um, sort of Ash John's, your work now, how did that form? Oh, this is a great story. So I realized uh, really around the time that I met Alexi that 
I was completely miserable in advertising. I was like, this is toxic. These people are toxic. I'm so sensitive. There's something, but I'm very talented. Like everyone loves the work that I'm doing. They say I'm a rising star, all this stuff, but I cannot be here. And I ended up realizing that I was very, very depressed. Um, I was actually suicidal. I was questioning who I was, what I was here for and all these things. And so I quit my job abruptly with like $1,000. That's all. And that was like, my rent was like $900 at the time. So I was like, what the hell am I doing? There is no parents to, you know, fall back on or ask for some money or any of that stuff. But I was like, I can't do it anymore. And um, I ended up writing this long list of all the things that I dreamed of doing or trying to do in my life that I had forgotten or I talked myself out of or someone told me I couldn't do or I was prioritizing getting my degree and getting into corporate to make the money to help the family, like those things. And um, I just started doing them in whatever capacity that I could do, you know, and that led me into becoming a freelance makeup artist. It led me to um, starting consulting and social media and branding. It led me to creating a video production company in Chicago, which is the only one that was minority owned at the time. And what I realized is there were three areas of my life that always had to be lit up in order for me to be whole and in my purpose. My spirituality had to be fully intact, nurtured, cared for speaking to, living, practicing. My creativity, my ability to find solutions, to create something outside of the norm or how everybody else sees it or how everybody else does it, having that um, autonomy to do so. And then it has to have a business or an abundance aspect to it. Like I come from, not knowingly, you know, looking at my Grammy and how she played the numbers and everything else, I come from a line of money-making women. And so if I was just being a makeup artist and I wasn't making money, I wasn't feeling it. I was like, fuck this. You know, even though the spiritual aspect was there because the connection with humans and how people felt when they got out of my chair was real. You know, there were people who were really suffering that day. But when we spent time in my chair preparing them to go on air or whatever they were going to be doing, they walked away being being filled up feeling some type of way, remembering who they were. And I didn't take that work lightly. And if I was just in spiritual work, which I've done things like run a women's retreat in Indonesia, I was in Indonesia for three years. It was all about spirituality and reconnecting um, and, and having women come together. And we know the kind of magic that happens when women comes together. Uh, it didn't feel right if I wasn't able to be creative. If someone was blocking, you know, what I was able to do or telling me what I could and couldn't do, even though the business aspect was there. So I've had enough experiences to find out that I need these three things together. And towards the tail end of my time in Bali, I was seeing more and more um, women who were entrepreneurs or who were successful in their companies or came from successful families and and had a wonderful life and husband or whatever. And yet they wanted to start something or they were doing something that they just couldn't see to fruition. And most of the time that was because they had a personal and a spiritual block. Um, And so as we started doing some of the spiritual work on this retreat, then the creativity would flow in and then we'd be like, oh, and how do you make this into, you know, profitable so that it's good for you? And then I would start seeing these trends around profitability and the ways we create more scarcity and lack in order to create abundance in our business and repetition in customers. And I was like, huh, something, something is happening right now. Something's happening. So the more that I kept consulting and finding one-on-one clients, I started putting together the formula, if you will, which I don't even like to use that language, but my approach to working and consulting with business with people that have businesses or brands or, or creative projects. Mm. 
So would you say, and even though you incorporate, and you're very clear about incorporating spirit and ancestors and going with flow and energy in your, you know, in your work, the people and folks that come to you, are they necessarily spirit workers? And are people trying to brand that or it's just all different kinds of people who come to you who are just all, okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad you asked that question. Um, it is all different kinds of people, which is really interesting to me. Yes, I work with healers and mediums and um, therapists. And what I say is professionals who help other humans, whether you're a spiritual worker or not. So that I, I lump all of us together, whether you are working with magic or whatever, um, but you're here to help people be, be good, right? Or be better. That makes sense. They're like, I feel connected to source. I feel the, the um, clarity of who I am inside. I just can't get it out of me. I can't get it organized. I feel overwhelmed. How do I monetize it? Um, you know, what, I don't have the skill set to do marketing. Like I just, you know, I just need some help with this, but I want someone that I can trust because I don't need the outside world coming into this world that I'm trying to create to make everybody have a better life. So that's, that's totally a group of people that I love working with because I can be all spirit and I'm, I'm like behind you, you know, all these things. So on the other hand, you have folks who are of the regular world, quote unquote, they are not spiritual. They muggles. might, you know, do a little yoga, right? The muggles, the muggles. They might drink a little green juice, do a little yoga, hit on some affirmations, you know, maybe, maybe. Um, but they know that they don't want to fully live the muggle world. They're like, something doesn't feel right. Um, I quit my job repeatedly or I've quit my job. I'm looking for another thing, but this same pattern keeps coming up. And so I work with them to introduce spirituality, to introduce them to their ancestors and to start teaching them that business and life doesn't have to be, it should not be, it cannot continue being the way that it has been being done. Um, and there's a lot of obviously teaching and holding hands and one-on-one -on -one and baby steps there, but that's what they're looking for. And once they experience it, they're like, wow, I was so, you know, was it right brain where, or is it left brain? I can't remember right now, right brain, but- yeah, where it's like all analytical, all facts, you know, give, show me the books, give me the intellect. And that's when I start breaking down to them of really capitalistic culture and white supremacy ideology that tells you, you have to be perfect, that it's a fact or the written word over spirit, over intuition, over knowing, um, off of following gut, re up gut responses. Um, and what happens when you open up and follow where you're actually being led? Right. And when they do, they're like, oh, oh. Okay. Mm. See, y'all, this is how Ashby getting me together because you saying that just made me think about the moment I was thinking about doing this program, y'all. And I was telling Ash about it and I was just like, well, I don't know what I'm going to get out of it. Like, what am I going to get out of this program at the end? Like what I need a, a list of things. And she was like, okay, I hear that, but let's push back. Um, the way that you're thinking right now is really, I don't remember the, what you said, but I was, you dragged me. It was like you, you looking for results and you looking for, I need this thing to be written out for me to know that something will be uh, meaningful for me. It's like, you make the meaning out of anything. So if you want to do the program, if it's something interesting to you, then do that. <laughs> if you feel led to it, you don't, you're only going to get out of it what you put into it. And that's with anything. And I was like, ah. Oh, well, fine. <laughs> and and, I'm, in and I, I'm in the program and I'm enjoying it. But that's like, 
I really appreciated that moment and just sort of what you're talking about now, because and and with people's business practices, I, I, I mean, we live in a capitalist white supremacist world. People's business practices are terrible. You know, it's contributed to a lot of people not even being able to have access to shit. Um, and so I do sort of want to talk about that and how can we do business that doesn't look like white folks capitalism because there's not it doesn't feel like there's a lot of examples of that it doesn't feel like it i know that there are so can you talk a little bit about how we can do that and especially you know since a lot of my listenership is black folks like how can black people do that yeah i love all all of these questions <laughs> and i'm like where do i begin how do i jump into it to be honest with you i don't think there are a lot of examples mm. of it really, because what we're doing is holding the both and that's how I describe it. We are in it. We're trying to thrive. We're learning how to thrive in it without perpetuating it. We can't step out of it unless we're running away. Like I did. I ran away for a minute. I was out of the country. I was like, I don't want to mm -mm, do my own thing. Guess what? I thought I ran away from it. I was still using capitalism on the other side of the world, oppressing others while it was my freedom as a black woman to have a business and living in paradise. So I carried the, ideolo the ideology of capitalism and white supremacy with me because I'm, I've, been, I've been born and raised and bred in it. So I call this decolonizing consumerism. What does it look like when we give our energy monies to someone in exchange for something? What are the rules around that? Not even rules, but the expectations around that experience. And when do we have to check ourselves and be like, I'm putting a lot of energy towards what, again, what, like you just described, what am I going to get back? You have to do this. And we've all seen anybody, you know, I can name a group of people, but anybody who's like, well, I paid, so you better. And you're like, nah, 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 I have your money back then, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, and another, another lens on this is decolonizing how we do business. And this is where I really specialize in because to me, it looks like all of the opposites of how we've been taught to do business. And it also is holding some of the things that we've been told to do business within context, like nuance and context matters. So for example, yes, I believe in excellence in my work. Like I really show up for people. I am generous. Um, I am like, what do you need? What do you need? And I'm willing to give that to you as best as I possibly can, if that's what you need right now. And your ancestors and your higher spirit are saying, yes, you need this. Cool. That also means that I'm going to make mistakes that I'm going to have to reschedule things, that notes might go out late or whatever because something's happening in the world. How do I let the humanity of who I am and what's occurring give me permission to be human in my business? Mm. Corporations and what we've been taught is you cannot do that. So you have us working day and night, bending over backwards, depleting ourselves because we've been taught that no matter what, you show up for your customers, no matter what, there's no wiggle room with that. There's no exceptions with that. Um, there is a, one of my favorite things is around pricing. Ooh. Like this one alone. <laughs> this one I, right. I know that response is what we always get, right? Because it kind of reminds me yeah. of church when the pastor be like, now I'm going to talk about sex and money and everybody be like, mm, mm -hmm. no, nope, you can stop now. <laughs> <laughs> soon as you, right. As soon as you talk about the pockets, everybody get a little tight. But this is the biggest opportunity. This is the biggest opportunity and the biggest need, especially for us as black folks, because we're trying to thrive in a system where we were the money. Mm. 
And so, yeah, let that sit for a second. We were the money. Our bodies were the money. Mm. We're the capital. Mm. Mm -hmm. And so when we talk about our self-work worth and doing therapy and, and money mindset changes and going to our inner child, that's wonderful work and we need it. And then we have to go back and communicate with our ancestors and heal them around being the money, around literally feeling like they were not worth anything except for what white people put worth on their bodies as. <sighs> so that one is always delightful because there's a lot of ways to play with it. There is the, this is actually an exercise. So anybody's got pen and paper ready, this is a good one to start. It is getting so real about your money, how much you make and how much you need. And and normally we do this as in like, what's my rent? What's my mortgage? You know, what's my phone bill, my light bill, my utilities, the gas, the insurance, the car note, like all that stuff. We forget about savings. We forget about healthcare. We forget about rainy day fund. We forget about investment money. We forget about um, you deserve to save or make enough money for a vacation and for rest, which is another conversation around decolonizing business that I'll move into next. Um, we forget about gifts, mm. right? gifting people. So when you actually sit down and say, this is the money I need in America or where I live right now, especially as a business owner or someone who wants to start a business, but also if you have a nine to five, or you have a job, do this too. Because your skill set and then what you need is how you go forward and negotiate. Mm. So you get all that information down and now you're like, oh, in order for me to not be in scarcity and to teach myself that I'm worth this and to have my ancestors experience what we deserve and what we as humans is our birthright, this is the money that I need to live in this Mm. country, period. Anything above that is bonus that you invest back into the community, you do something good with, you plant seeds for the future, but that's your real needs. And we don't ever get to do that exercise in a way that we understand what we're really worth and what we really need. Ash, I'm over here tearing up, you know, my sensitive self. I'm just like, (laughs) I just, it just shook something every time you talk about like our ancestors and work and having to go back and not even just heal ourselves, but heal them. Because many of our ancestors still think that, at least I'll speak for mine, still believe that um, there are still no breaks. Like they don't even understand the concept of like rest because they didn't know that. And so me having to teach them that as I'm still trying to teach myself and figure out that I'm worth something, you know, more than what I produce. Um, So, so much. So can you talk a little bit about um, the resting aspect of decolonizing how we're doing business? Yes, yes, yes. I call this ancestor Mm. time. Spare time is where time is not even real. It's, it could be fast, it could be slow, it could be up, it could be down. It's just nonlinear in that. Ancestor time to me is teaching them, healing them by my patterns of work. So ancestor time is honoring the seasons. We have a winter for a reason. That means while you're building a business or while you're negotiating to be able to freelance um, you know, freelance or to work from home or whatever it is, your situation that you aspire to, particularly though for entrepreneurs and business people, you should be taking three months off in the year. What? 
I don't, I don't, doesn't, yeah, it doesn't have to be all at once, but think about just winter. Like that is our time to rest and reflect and come inside and be cozied up. And, and if you spread that out through the whole year, fine, that's cool. Uh, to me, I like to take it in chunks, <laughs> but thinking about seeds, planting, nurturing, taking time with it, seeing it grow, work in, work in the field, work in your business, work in your job, whatever, you know, whatever context you want to put it in. And then the harvest is when you pull it all out the ground and you, you know, get the fruits of the labor and you thank the land and you thank the ancestors, you thank each other, you do your trades and then you rest. And because we come from folks who were enslaved, who were not allowed to ever have a rest and not to say, you know, you can use that same framework in smaller chunks. Your whole year and seasons could be three months. You know, you only work through, I don't know, you can put it into different contexts. But if I'm looking at the whole Gregorian calendar, yeah, three months. And so when we're allowing ourselves to rest and we're planting seeds ahead of time and we're looking at what we're building we start to see that abundance meets us, that magic shit starts to happen because we're in alignment and we're taking care of ourselves and our ancestors are seeing that and they get to experience it as well. And they get to work to making some other little, you know, helpful things come our way when we're not expecting it because we're on pace and we're honoring literally the work and rest balance. And I hear this. I mean, this is something that we've talked about. I hear you and I believe you and I trust that. Then I, I trust that we can return to that, but that shit is scary. Like it sounds, and I can only imagine for someone who might be hearing this for the first time, how impossible that sounds because of yeah. how, because of how the world is, how society is, um, how business is. So how do we get to that place to even trust? Like, it doesn't even seem possible that I can't work all the time. You know, how am I supposed to feed myself? How am I supposed to take care of my family? You know, what is your response to those kind of visceral feelings that come up first? Yeah. Yeah. First, I want to say like, that's real. Like I want, I don't want people, which I'm not trying to control how people hear things. Here's information I want to offer. So y'all get um, a little bit more context. I do not come from um, any like, um, you know, there's like black royalty. I don't come from none of that. I don't come from money. I'm straight up Detroit, raised around Chicagoland, um, came from food stamps, WIC, every program you can think of that plagues, but helps our communities, right? So I don't want anyone to think that um, here's this chick coming on the line talking about some rest three months out of the year. <laughs> like, how? What? <laughs> Right. So here's what here's what I say is first off, when we we know that when we believe in something and we think about it and we take it to the ancestors, that they will start to help us. They will start to guide us towards opportunities that help us to get to create the things that we want. So first off, what do you really want? Do you actually want to experience rest in your life? Everyone will say yes, but when you start to have opportunities come to you, there's sacrifice, there's change of behavior, there's transformation mm -hmm. that has to come in order to make opportunity for what you really want. Um, so first off, think if that's even something you want. Like, yeah, I would like to have a more balanced, non-workaholic you know, life and have the abundance to match it. Cool. Great. Next thing is to find and cultivate community who believe the same thing. Mm, community. Right now, right? Community is it, y'all. Community is our number one asset behind our ancestors and our spirituality. 
Um, because with community, you have pooled resources and y'all can start to put your heads together as we are to see how do all of us get fed? How do we all scratch each other's backs and start to create opportunities and, and ideas and things that start to create the idea of rest and um, partnership and abundance and, and cool products or whatever it might be. The third thing is to diversify your stream of income. Find a way to do something else and ideally something else that does not cost your physical body to be there. So are you going to, you know, start releasing some digital downloads? You're going to drop some music, you know, online. You're going to maybe babysit because you can, you know, watch your own kids while you watch somebody else's kids and you help in the community. Like, what are the things that we can do to create multiple streams of income so that we're creating a base, a larger base of a bank or funds coming through that we do not put towards more expenses and turnips and all that stuff. It goes towards this is for the rainy day. This is for when I take my three months or my three weeks or whatever it might be. And then the fourth thing is, as I was saying earlier, is get really clear on your on your expenses and cut that shit out, y'all. We don't need cable no more. Real talk. Netflix is where it's at. Drag me. <laughs> I know. People think I'm like, cut that stuff out. Like, all right, you know, I'm all I'm down with getting my nails done. So I'm not gonna tell you to quit doing that. But the point is, look at your look at what you right. can get rid of that keeps us in this perpetual cycle of spending more than what we're mm. making. It keeps us in still in the shackles. It keeps us still asserting our worth to all these external things that we can't get free, that we can't rest, that we can't say, you know what? I don't have any more vacation, paid vacation days, but I'm still going to take this day off to take my mm. daughter to, you know, the play or to rest for myself as a personal mental health day or whatever you need. Be able to, you know, work to reduce those things so you can do it regardless because you need it and you deserve it. You're dragging me again. Ash, <laughs> uh, I want to talk about how we can be anti-capitalist, but also still be in abundance. Because I think at first those things sound like they are against each other, but I know that we can think about this in a different way. So, yeah, here's here's how I approach that. So after doing that one exercise of what are your actual expenses, you can now validate as a business owner or even as a worker, again, what your salary is to make those needs be met, right? And, to have those and needs Ash, be met. And Ash, sorry, I'm going to interrupt so, you because I want to actually go back to what is capitalism and what does it even mean to be anti-capitalist before we get into that. Probably yeah, there. <laughs> that is... Great, fantastic. So capitalism is the economic and political, very political system in which our country operates trade and money and business and industries and really our economy. So, and it's driven by private owners for profit. So when we say private owners for profit, that means that there's not, yes, there are regulations, but your profits are yours. There's no one who's sticking their hands in it besides the tax person, but we already know when you get to a certain tax bracket, the rich get richer because they're not getting taxed the same as us poor folk. So that means that your profits can be allocated any way that you'd like. That means in a socialist um, economy or socialism economy, there's many different ones, but typically that means, okay, whatever money you make, we need to also, you get to keep some, but we also need to put it towards, you know, infrastructures, community needs, schools, roads, you know, all the things that make our economy and our country and our um, society thrive. We have to share. And America is not about sharing. It's about me and mine. 
And actually, I'm glad you brought that up because the me and my thing can, it's a dangerous, that's a dangerous ideology in that because as black folks, me and my can be very regenerative for us. And we need that. We need that so badly. Yet me and mine on an individual level means that I'm going to care about me and my family and the people maybe in my neighborhood or the people that I love more than you, even though you're Black and you my neighbor and you my neighborhood. Mm. So when we talk about cultivating community, yes, it's your community that you have a personal uh, guess, connection or effect to, but we need to start looking at each other as Black folks, as children of the diaspora as all community and start treating each other as such, including with our financials, I believe personally, if we all want to be on the come up and not be continue to be um, in debt to the system that doesn't love us, doesn't care about us, and is quite frankly pissed off that it can't use us the way that it used to. Mm -hmm. um, and still tries to find ways to do it today, every day. So, so the idea of being anti-capitalist means that the money that I make, I'm making enough for myself to thrive, to reset my um, inherited and lived behaviors relating to scarcity and lack. It is to help my ancestors heal around those same things and my family thrive. And I give more out to my community to help them do the same. Capitalism as we've been taught by white supremacy ideology, means that I've got all my money and I want to hoard it. It's for me and mine, me and my, my lineage of white folk down my bloodline. That's the Scrooge McDuck. That's the, you know, jumping in the, what is it? The vault of money and all that stuff going on. And you see that, you know, you saw, we've seen that in our culture many a times. We've, we've had conversations around folks who came up, they got the degrees, they became a lawyer, they moved to West, Phil they moved from West Philadelphia to Bel Air, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, and you'd be like, yo, well, you sold out and you forgot about all of us. So when I say anti-capitalist, it's like, what do you need to thrive? And then how are you contributing to the betterment of our black community? And so how can we do that and still be in abundance and still take care of ours and still take care of our families and our lineage and have the things that we want to need to thrive? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, I'll come back to that exercise around what do you actually need? That's like the core of it. The core of it is like, what do I need to thrive um, financially? These are the expenses, including the savings, including blah, 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 blah. Cool. Then what's my, and building into that, what's my contributions to community? So that's, that's now your new framework of what you need to make in order to be thriving and for everybody around you to thrive because you're going to be generous with the extras or the things that you make that is not for you and your family. Goes to the community center, goes to this, goes to whatever. Oh, you're in need? Cool. Blitch fund, what? Cool, whatever. So that's that. Now, when it comes to pricing and if you have a business, um, how are you building out offerings that are diversified for the various income levels of the people that you serve? So this one is really interesting because especially in the coaching world and online business world, they're like, set your price, set your worth. And then the people who can, who can pay can, will come. And it's like, yeah, but we know that we live in a society that's been based on capitalism, it's been based on socioeconomic disparities and isolation and all types of 
all types of bullshittery, right? That we're trying to fix. So if you say that your program is X, Y, Z, and a bunch of people who really need it can only make X, you're continuing to perpetuate the same thing. So as a business owner, without going into the spirit, which I'll talk about spirit, as a business owner who wants to be anti-capitalism and anti-capitalist, the number one thing you need to be doing is being as diversified in your pricing and your offerings as possible. Now, the thing that makes this so magical, and it is, <laughs> it is a practice because if you're listening to your, um, your intuition and discernment, you're going to know when someone is just trying to take advantage, right? And that's not for you to, to um, try to control, but it is to be aware of of like, you know, there's sometimes people do scale pricing of three different rates or whatever, and someone can totally afford the third rate, but they're going go to go to the lower rate. But that's when you take the time to explain why you are in business, what your business is, it up, is about, and who it all serves. And if that aligns with you, then do the right thing. And if it doesn't, then I'm going to let spirit deal with you. Now, <clears throat> one of my other practices around um, anti-capitalism uh, pricing for me and with people that I work with is to listen to their higher self and their ancestors to say, what is the pricing that best works for this person? Because sometimes, a lot of times, most times as humans who are healing from and trying to understand all the ills of survivalist mentality and scarcity mindset and lack, we will always think we have less than what we actually do. And so one of the ways of breaking out of that is this exercise. What do you like to call it, Juju? I call it the I don't got it investment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell I love that. I'm going to keep calling it that. The I don't got it investment. So you'll be like, okay, this, this thing that you need or that you want to buy is X, Y, you know, dollars. And you'd be like, nope, I ain't got it. We just immediately go to, nope, we ain't got it. Why? Because we're used to not having it or we think we don't have it, but we'll turn around and use that money on something else that isn't as beneficial, but we're used to buying it. So what I do is have people come in, I'm listening to their ancestors and listen to themselves. I know what the price point is, but I'm like, what does this person actually need to start to break apart their um, beliefs and, and addiction to capitalism and consumerism the way that it's been? We've got to break that frequency. So it normally looks like stretching a little, and this is an extra, actual exercise you can do on your own, is like, what are you willing to pay? And just step one step over that mm. or two steps over it. And don't step one or two steps over it in this clinching like, okay, well, if I'm going to do this, you better deliver, you know, because that goes to mm -hmm. the consumerism that we we're talking about and even consumerism. But it's like, you know what? I'm going to step forward because I want to stretch my ability to believe in the abundance that is mm. due to me. It is due to me. I want to hold the energy of attraction, of reparation, of value coming back to me and stretching my limitations. If a closed fist can never receive what it, what it wants. I'm over here just nodding. <laughs> yep. A closed fist can never receive what it wants. And I've actually found something similar, I think, that I've started doing is that every time I am spending money on anything, I do it with an open heart and knowing that it's going to return back to me, you know, even more. Like, so every time I spend money, I don't care if I'm at the dollar store, I'm just like, okay, I'm putting this money out 
just for more that that same energy to be shared back with me because that's how things work you know and just stop trying to be all oh, okay this is my last dollar this, you know because it, it it really is yeah. an energy thing and I know it can sound kind of woo woo to people but money really is just energy <laughs> like, like anything else that has been it's energy that has been weaponized against us um and so all of you you're just bringing up all those feels and all the <sighs> the shame that so much of us have had to have because of it. Yeah. Yeah. Other ways of being anti-capitalist. Mm-hmm. Um, I just got a few more. Of I course. Sure we cover off on. And another thing now. Tell us. <laughs> um, is, you know, capitalism teaches us about mm-hmm. competition. Again, yes. scarcity and lack. Yes. So it is, and I yes. know you're very passionate about this. Oh, oh, I'm a worker. I don't want nobody else. Don't mm-hmm. steal my customer. Mm-mm-mm. And it's like, nah, nah, there is enough. There's so much out here. There's so much that's needed that doing the work on your own is going to literally lay you out on this ground and be underneath yeah. sooner than you need to be. And you're clogging up your own energy flow. True story. I had a multimillionaire client. He came from nothing, right? Came from nothing, made a whole bunch of money. And do you know that he drove himself into sickness and beginning to lose a lot of his riches because he was so worried about competition, that he was penny pinching, he was doing side bad side deals. He brought that energy onto himself. Yep. So competition, not thinking, own your lane, collaborate with people who are the same, support people who are doing similar work than you, support collaborate people who are doing opposite things because those those things come together as well um that idea that you need to be the own the only the the authoritative figure that is all white supremacy ideology that is all capitalistic ideology and we need to stop that especially 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 that comes back to our ancestral wounding of who's the field niggas and who's the house niggas there's only a few of us who can be a house niggas so then when someone comes in the house we like oh and that's we need to stop that we're 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 in these conferences or we're showing up different places and we're the only one and then there's another one of us in there and we're immediately like oh shit i'm not gonna shine as much one good black it can only be one good black Mm -hmm. right right yeah that needs that needs to go that competition is a big issue especially around us black women we need and and it's so juicy when we do when we come together and we have each other's backs it's mm-hmm. fantabulous i wouldn't replace that for nothing right. it's magic <laughs> it's magic and medicine it really is yeah yeah um another piece on here about capitalism is that it's by all means necessary So the idea that I want to get the very most back by doing the least, they call that efficiencies. That means that you've got a great, you know, um, very low uh, overhead and your margins, which is the amount of money that you're getting back over your expenses or your operating expenses is really high. And by all means necessary means that we will, and they do, hurt the land, hurt the people around them, exploit folks, lie to people. All of that shit, because then you get an extra $100, $50, $1,000, millions of dollars. And I say, nah, we need to stop that. It's not just about the humans. It's also about the land. It's not just about our community. It's about our communities. So 
if it's going to, for example, if you uh, are um, maybe a fashion designer or someone and you have to choose between 100% cotton, you know, that is uh, not made in a, um, mm-hmm. what is it called, a sweatshop, or one that is, it's cheaper, you're going to get a higher margin, but it's made in a sweatshop and it's like, eh, you know, it's a little bit of a fibers in it. So you go with the other option. No, don't oh, do that. That's out. Do what's best for do what's best for the land, the people, and the everybody down the whole chain you possibly can to make things better. Ooh. And this is a process. You know, it's a process. This is like unlearning. This is when I started even working with you. Like it brought up so much. I was regularly crying. <laughs> Just even in conversations about this, because you don't think about every day how much this impacts the decisions that we're making in so so many places in our lives. It's it's just wow. I don't really have words. I'm over here just shaking my head. (laughs) (laughs) Just being grateful for you talking about this. I'm sorry. I keep. Did you have another one that you wanted to share? Another point about that. I'm just cracking out because I'm like, oh, this, this, I don't know how long these go. Well, actually, we're I good. do. So don't let this be the no, we're good. <laughs> we're at 47 minutes. Uh, I could talk about it for days. I'm very, oh, good. I'm so passionate about it. I really am. Um, the thing about being, starting to create amongst our community of Black folks, um, economies that are well and healthy and vibrant so that we're all well fed and we all, the money is coming in, the money's coming out. Um, and I remember, um, mama Louisa, um, she has in her book, Jambalaya, a really amazing ritual around distributing energy, mm-hmm. money, money, energy in a group. And one of the things that I heard her say on a recording was around keeping things in rotation. It's about the flow and the inflow and the outflow, not hoarding it, you know? And that's why our economy here in the U.S. is struggling because, and it's crashing and all this inflation and all these scandals is because people are hiding things other places. But when you Mm -hmm. open up, right, you open up and you're serving and you're showing up, you're holding your boundaries and you're like, lead me, guide me. Stuff starts coming in so fast that you'd be like, all right, cool. Yeah. You, okay. I can give this over here. Okay. You got this. Let me invest in this a little bit or toss this a little bit back or toss a little extra in the offering plate or whatever it might be. Um, but it's about the energy of money and rotation and flow. So true. So true. And I feel like if I heard this and I hadn't experienced it for myself, I would think it was a lie. But since I started changing my ideas about it and starting to invest in other people, just send it. Sometimes I just send my friends money. I see little things, people asking for stuff. I put it out there. If I have it, it always, it really is about a flow and like creating the space to allow money to flow in and for it to go out and then to flow back in and then to go back out. Like this is, <laughs> y'all, I'm just imagining all the people who are like, what? Cause my mind was like, what? When I first started to like hear this stuff, but like, yo, it's real y'all. <laughs> it's some, it's some real shit that's being talked about. It is. It's really, yeah. I appreciate you saying that too, because it is. Everyone would be like, "Oh, that's woo woo," or "That's this." And I'm like, "No, it's it is it is." Take away all this structure and all this ways that we've learned how to do it. 
first off, our ancestral money looked completely different. That's another thing. Like having a conversation of your your ancestors way back. Like I need the gold okay. coin to come in my the life. <laughs> like it's paid for now, but right. Give me the calories. Give me yes. like that. And then they'd be like, oh, okay, right. word, word. It. That's what you're like. Right. Got it. Um, but you know, the, the, the way again, if you just want to do your own gut check on how to be anti-capitalist in a black community and black business is don't do all the stuff that you've hated white people do well, to you. <laughs> There's that. Novel. So crushed, right. Boom. Shakalaka, you know, like, like, <laughs> like cornball y'all, but for real, for real, I don't like when someone has pressured me into buying something that I didn't think I could afford, or I didn't know if I really need it. And then shame me for it afterwards really show up and plant the seed and trust that person's spirit. That's what sales are about. I teach people around how to sell without selling your soul. Show up and tell people what you have to offer, what's your gift, what's your purpose, what you're good at, you've been blessed to do. And when they're ready and they need it, because you showed up so authentically and, and truthfully and trustingly, they will come back. You don't have to manipulate people's mind and write your copy all left side, upside down <laughs> on your website in order to have people at the bottom of their emotions experiencing trauma and then wanting to come to you for help. <sighs> There's you can't that. just be dropping, you know, like, <laughs> just, I wasn't prepared. Um, wow. My mind is, uh, okay, let me just come back. So can you, I mean, you did sort of give us some exercises to practice. And hmm, I'm just sort of, I guess, thinking through like an everyday thing that people can just start to do to get clear and not even just being anti-capitalist, but how can we like increase our money energy, like just in a day-to-day -day setting? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this, these are my favorites. This, mm -hmm. I've been calling on my Grammy for this one because uh, <laughs> there's things that we have done as black folks and we didn't realize that they are money energy um, rituals and when you put your focus and your intention on them, they multiply tenfold. So an example is having some dollars that you blessed and prayed over. Maybe you had them on your ancestor altar, and then you put a bay leaf on them with your intention, mm -hmm. and you put them in your wallet. And you do not keep mm -hmm. any receipts in there um, because that's that's things that's been spent. So that's one ritual that you can do. And really look at those dollars of like, uh, thank you, thank you. And when mm -hmm. you spin them, you're thanking them, you're thanking them. You're like the blessing this person, I'm blessing this gonna come back. Um, another thing for receipts, which I didn't realize I was doing this until I realized I was doing it, is I would keep a box of receipts, but then I would go through and itemize them and just look at what I what I really spent and think about my feelings and my energy around the things that I spent money on afterwards. And then I'd be able to keep a note of like, these are things I'm still proud and I'm glad I bought. These are things that I knew I had no damn business spending money on. Let me, let me feel into that and look at my spending habits. That's a great exercise. And then afterwards, I would write on my receipts everything that I invest. Note invest, not fraudulent, not, not fraudulent, that's not the word, but not like willy nilly just on a whim bought, you know whatever. But things that were really investments. They were investments in a relationship. They were investment in my health. They were investment in experience. They were real investments. I got something out of them. Um, even a good meal. 
You know, I went out and had a good meal that was cooked for me and I got to sit there and, and look pretty one day with an extra coin that came through. Anywho, you just write on them, everything I invest in myself and others comes back to me sevenfold or tenfold. Mm. I like sevens, really. But write that on all your receipts, go ahead and burn them, put them in the dirt or put them in the ground and let them grow yes. um, and bring that money towards Love you. that. Um, yeah, that one's a good one. That's a good one. Like that one, that one's worth wonders on me. Um, another one is to keep coin close to your heart. Facilitate a relationship of loving, not constriction and and fear and fret. Like love seeing what you have and pour blessings and appreciation for whatever level of coin that you got. Um, sometimes I'll just roll a little bit of, you know, a couple dollars and put it in my bra. You know, and just and just talk to it. You know, touch it sometimes. Like, thank you for being a part of my life. Thank, thanking myself for being able to have the privilege and the opportunity to make the money that my ancestors couldn't, um, or what was taken from them, and then taking that money and using it abundantly in other ways. Um, my favorite thing to take folks through, and you experience this, Juju, is money really business, but money is spiritual and it's also political. Business is spiritual. And so I like to, for people to take a look when they're experiencing troubles with finances um, and or in their business or whatever they need financially, is to look at these four areas. Look at what's happening in your personal life, what's your personal relationship to money, um, what's, your, what's your track record with money, um, what are your personal relationship challenges or whatever you're healing on basically personal development work. Just look at what's going on personally and see how it relates back to money and, and business and finances. Then look at your spiritual energy around money and business and finances. From there, if you're going to be building a business, build a brand that represents those two things coming together, the healing of those two things coming together. So once you've done your or have been doing your personal development work and you see how money fits into that and you see your spiritual development and how you're coming along and how money fits into that, you're going to have some breadcrumbs or some clues about who you are and what you're supposed to do. And this kind of moves into your purpose as blessed by your ancestors or told, held by you and with your ancestors, moving that into a brand or a business, which is really how you show up and how you talk about how you show up or how you talk mm -hmm. and how you show up, I should say. And then you can take all that and roll it into a conscious business. What do I offer? How often do I offer it? How does it serve? How is it making myself, my family, my community and our culture better? And why do I want to do it? Right? Why is there a need? So those are kind of like the four areas that I like people to take a little personal inventory in and see, That's see what comes and up I have for you. One last question, then I want to talk about you and our offerings and things. But so you, you brought up investment and investing, and I just want you to talk a little bit about how can we move forward in investing in ourselves and not just, you know, the, the little things that we do for ourselves that make us feel cute or whatever, but how do we actually move forward in putting resources and money towards like what we actually want to grow and build for ourselves? Oh, yes. Um, I am a sucker for personal development things. Anything that's going to help me get a deeper understanding or grow more community and proximity to what I'm building, that's where I put my monies towards. So I, it was funny because I would look back at what I spent my money on previously and it was like all travel and food. <laughs> and now it is um, personal development, spiritual 
tools and foods for the ancestors um, and, and things that help me be able to show up more in, in my community and with my offering. So I'd say look for, on a personal level, look for the things that you don't have yet or that you haven't exercised. So if that's a program that's going to help you you know, get out and, and speak your truth really more so you have more visibility and you shine more light on the movement, awesome. I have done that. Um, and others are too. If there is um, a course you want to take on finances and money management, do it. Like ask for the money, find the money, you know, do your own hair for a couple of weeks. So you get the money to invest in that. And, and you show up with these investments or in these investments with a keen eye, with your spirit activated, with your intu intuition on point, because you want to gain information that's beneficial. You also want to be able to weed through the bullshit that's going to, that's not serving us. That's going to keep us in the same mindset. So you've got to be open and really keen to be like, mm, yes, yes, yes. Delete, delete. Fuck that. You lying. That was great. Writing that down and moving on. <laughs> Otherwise you'll, you will start to take, um, you'll totally adapt some of these practices that are not beneficial. And even though you've invested your money and your time into them. Um, yeah, it's, it's the more that we grow and we realize what we've lost and what we already know. So that's another thing. Sometimes it's challenging to sign up or invest in yourself as a person, or even to step into a business investment or an opportunity investment, because you're like, I've been there, I've done that, or I already know. But sometimes it's really about the experience and the folks you're going to meet, mm. the folks you're going to yes. meet. So it'll be the experience yes. that activates something in you that makes you stand up as a leader that you are, or it's the people that you're going to meet that's going to open another door, or, or in fact, you're going to meet someone and open another door for them. You know, I love putting people together who I know have something and blessed that that fruition will come into something bigger than all of our imaginations could be. So get clear on uh, or have an idea of, of what you're trying to invest in or what you're trying to conjure up into your life and in our community, and then seek out the opportunities that feel good and that your ancestors are like, yeah, be there, talk to them, do that, um, and show Thank up. Thank you. I'm so glad you said that about the, it's not always about, you know, what a organization or company or program says they're going to give you, but what is, you might meet, you just might meet one person there who will inspire something in you to do something else. Or you made a new friend who invigorates something in you and y'all are able to build something together. It's just like, not always about what the, it's like, we get what we put in and like being open to all of the ways that we can be blessed from an investment in ourselves. Um, even if it's investing in therapy, you know, for your health, you know, I'm so glad you yeah. uplifted that. That's something I've been thinking about a lot. So thank you for that. Yeah, for sure. And it's, um, yeah. And, and even with that, <laughs> one more thing on that point, um, we have through, and not, not everybody that listens has a Christian or Catholic background, but I know sure that do. I do. And I believe that you do too. Is that right? So we've been taught in that, that, you know, you pray and you wait or like, even though, even though the scripture says faith without works is dead, we'd be like, well, I'm praying. And I catch that sometimes in our community. You know, I see it in my family sometimes where they're like, you know, if the Lord's willing, I'd be like, word, mm. while you willing and while we're willing and we ask the ancestors and we didn't done our things, let's match yes. it with the energy of showing up wholeheartedly. And, and 
Sometimes we be holding the idea of what we want and we've done the energy and then it shows up in a totally different way, but it's exactly what you needed, but you wouldn't mm-hmm. get it if you wasn't moving. So the biggest takeaway here I'm realizing as we're talking is about fluidity. Again, keeping rotation, getting alive, showing up, getting moving and things and, and getting the support and the community and the new folks yes. to help you along the way. Wow, Ash. So amazing. So many gems dropped. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, you know, what we have to offer. And I mean, you gave us so much and we have more for you. So can you talk a little bit about that? There's more. That. You're like, but wait, there's more. <laughs> yeah. So I was really so honored and so excited that you asked me to participate on the show. Um, I, I, just can't even say enough how awesome that is. And I really appreciate it. And I'm really happy to be here. And as I was sitting and um, thinking about it and asking my ancestors, be like, tell me, tell me how I can show up most authentically in a way that blesses everybody. It's not just about folks knowing about um, me or the work that you and I have done together. It's what's can, what can they take away and how can we come together to offer, offer something? And so we came up with, um, a little juju podcast community. We haven't what are we thought about a name. <laughs> we didn't even think about a name yet. To but. be determined. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't thought it. Right. We haven't thought about a name, but it is going to be a three-part workbook series. Three-part series workbook on helping you figure out who you really are as it relates to your purpose. So what you have to offer the world, how to show up and stand in the truth of that and begin to talk about it in a way that um, can get you customers or clients or um, visibility and community and places that can lead up to getting some coin. And then the third month is on how to do conscious business, how to actually have a product or a service or an experience. What's the first iteration of that? How do you start to you know, sell it? really get out there and sell it. So it gives you, it's a workbook that gives you an overview of those three areas, which is exactly what we talked about today. You know, I I have a belief that every single one of us has a unique purpose and role to play within our, within the world, but absolutely within the community and within our families. And we need to go back and and claim that. And even if you know it, then we got to get more courage and strength to show up and be seen in it. So that's what the first part well, the first workbook about is about, and then the, the second one is about standing strong in that and how to talk about it. And the third one is actually monetizing it. I think as the show drops, um, you'll be able to, it'll be shout out to one of my listeners. I don't remember who said it, but someone on, when I was on live on YouTube and as you were there, you saw it. She was like, um, are you going to create different tiers for your Patreon? Like, you just got one tier. Like, what if we want, where are the other tiers? We want more. And so this is going to be offered in another tier. <laughs> so folks who are able to, yeah, I haven't fully divided on what it but probably like $10. Um, and then you'll have access to this course. So you, you will get it through the Patreon. So shout out to who said that, right. <laughs> who was just speaking over my life as we were working on something in that moment. So <laughs> 
Yeah, and and we love this because it is it is a collaboration between Juju and I. So you're going to be getting um, information from the mm-hmm. both of us in each one of these workbooks. It's going to come out each month. So the first one does come out today. Mm-hmm. While you're listening to it, go on over to the Patreon, get the workbook, and start working through it. And um, you will see that there's some more surprises for you inside the workbook. Yay. So, and so yeah. Now, if you decide to do that or you're like no I need a session with Ash I need to talk to her I need something I need to figure my my life out how would they do that how do we get in touch with you how do we book a session and what do you offer yeah <laughs> that's that's a really good question so there is um actually there's a, there's a couple of different things so you've got the workbook coming out if you want, if you know for sure, maybe you want the workbook and then you also want to do more, um, not one say one on work, but group work where we can talk more directly with me on what you've got going on or what your dream is or where you're stuck when it comes to money or finances or your business um, or who you are, stepping into who you are as your ancestors have asked you to do so you can make some coin. Um, there is a mini course, a full mini course that you can do with me that's going to be four weeks long throughout the month of December. It is only being offered to Exclusive. a little Juju podcast <laughs> listeners. <laughs> the only way you can get that, that is, that's right. <laughs> be there, be there, be there. Yes. So that is for us. So if you're interested in that, you can go to ashleyjohns.com, A-S-H-L-E-Y-J-O-H-N-S.com backslash a little Juju Bay podcast. And that is where you can sign up for it. It is $197 for the full four weeks. And um, we're going to, I'm going to hold your hand and we're going to talk through your specific stuff all together, all together now. Um, So that's, that's another offering. We wanted to make sure that there's something for everyone. And then for those who really do just want to work with me one-on-one, you can go to my website also again, ashleyjohns.com and you can see my offerings. Some of it is you can start with ancestral healing to really go all the way back. I have a particular way that I work with folks to call forward or connect with an ancestor even further back than the most recent ones here in the States. Um, And to ask them what you need to be doing, what can you be doing if you need their support Um, and that you need their support is what I should say. And then we work from that information to build out your conscious brand and business. So getting clear on what you're offering, again, what you what you say, how you sell it, what your brand is, um, or whatever your specific needs are. Sometimes people already know what their brands are, but they just need organization. They need systems and funnels and structures that do not harm them and also create abundance. And that's what I help to do. So it's very bespoke and we're always listening to spirit and your higher self in order to have um, the solution that you need. We'll have all of this information in the show notes. So to recap, we have the workbook, the collaboration between Ash and I that you can go to Patreon and get right now. Um, And then Ash also has an exclusive offer for listeners of a little juju podcast to be able to get even more in depth um, and more information around what she talked about today. And even more than, you know, the workbook, more group exercises. And then if you want more, there's the sessions, the one-on-one sessions that you all can have with Ash. So I am so grateful to you. Is there any other um, platform that you want to plug any social media that folks can follow you on yeah you can find me um when i'm on social Good. media i'll be taking breaks y'all Good. you need to you need 
too. Okay. Um, I'm on Instagram at, at Ash Inspires, A-S-H-I-N-S-P-I-R-E-S. You can also find me on Facebook at Ash Inspires for the business page. And I think it's like backslash Miss A. Johns for my personal page, mm-hmm. if that's how you want to get down. Everything is open. I don't really exclude. Actually, I do. I separate my black people and my white people on my <laughs> Facebook page because we need that. So, but otherwise, um, yeah, come on over, chop it up. And I look forward to being in, in more community with everybody. And thank you, Juju, for how you show up. You really are just a sunshine, a beam of sunshine. And your your truth and the way that you show up and your life, your vitality, your genuine. Oh, oh, I'm choking up about it. Your genuine, your genuineness. You are so genuine. And I I really adore you. So thank you for letting me be on your pot on your podcast. Thank you for letting me be a member of your community. Oh, and really, yes, my you, friend. Ash. I have love for you. So, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for everything that you said today. I feel like <laughs> I was in another session with you, honestly, <laughs> on the interview. So yes, please reach out to Ash. Y'all. This is whew, I can't even like sing your praises, her praises enough. It is like you really just get down to the nitty gritty of like why we are here and what we are doing and how we can take care of each other better and how we can take care of ourselves. It's it's even more expansive than like building a business. It's not that with Ash. It's like it's a it's a deep session. Like things come up, <laughs> you know, like really, like I, I regularly was crying <laughs> when I work with Ash. I regularly do cry because it's healing. And I appreciate you for incorporating healing work into also making sure that our lives are abundant and that we can thrive. So thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you being here and I will talk to you soon. I'm very sure we're actually going to talk after this. So <laughs> Have a good one. I really, really enjoyed that episode and recording with Ash, and I hope y'all did too. Um, I wanted to also add, I didn't say this while in the interview with her, but if you move forward in wanting to get the workbook that Ash and I are collaborating on that you'll get through Patreon, you it also comes with a video. So each month that we release the three-part workbook, so one is going to come out in December, one will come out I'm sorry, November, December, and January. Each month, we're going to have a video call for everyone who purchased to hop on and we'll be able to talk through some things that may have come up from the workbook, some things that we're thinking through, some tips, just like kind of a check-in to see how everyone is. So each month, we're going to have a call uh, for November, December, January. So it is relevant to, you know, I know some people may join later than January, um, so the calls are, you know, you, you may miss the call, but you still will get a lot of information from the workbook. So get the workbook if you are interested. It is a lot of what Ash talked about today and some ways to really step into our, our purpose and finding our, our purpose and getting that wealth abundance energy flowing for us all because we all deserve it. And then, of course, you know, you can hit up Ash separately if you want more. If you like, okay, the workbook was good. I need more, I need more, I need more. There's more for you. So I just want to provide the resources. And yeah, so thank you all for listening. If you want to hit me up on social media, you can do so. All you need is a little juju. On Instagram, Juju You can also follow the podcast page, A Little Juju Podcast, on uh, Instagram as well. Um, it's Juju Bay on Twitter. 
on Twitter, I'm talking about spiritual stuff a lot, but I'm also talking about like my dates and sex. So enter your own risk <laughs> and just wild things that interest me. Um, and then I'm Juju Bay on Facebook and you can always hit me up on my website. That's where you book a reading, get a Reiki session, um, all of that at itsjjbae.com. And you can hit me up on there and try to get flued out. You know, I'm trying to be on a panel. I'm trying to do all the things. So hit me up there. I appreciate y'all. Thank you so much for listening. Y'all are bomb. Like amazing, amazing. I've been getting so much love lately. So thank you. And remember, all you need is a little juju. Ow. Lady y'all.